Hello and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers Live from the Peterborough Arena in Peterborough, Ontario. I am Crofton Steers, your host, and with us, coming from Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, this man is a mixed martial arts fighter, <laughs> weighing in at 200-ish pounds. Ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Put your hands together for Ryan Murphy. I, uh, I'm so nice. I really appreciate you saying 200 ish. Uh, that's very nice of you. Um, it's the memorial. Summer. And oh, oh, challenging him in the blue corner. This man is a judo specialist Ooh. coming from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. The handsome kid. Crofton Stairs! How come we don't get to find out how much you weigh? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Weighing in at around the same as Ryan. <laughs> Crofton Stairs! Nailed it. Okay, I nailed it. You did. I think that yeah. was smooth. It felt like I was there. Whatever that was, it felt like I was there. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm... I'm glad I've got a career ahead of me, Ryan. Well, if those two guys die, the guys that do the let's get ready to rumble and let's get ready to fight, if those two brothers pass away, yeah, then you're next in line. You're the next in line to the buffer franchise. I Man, guess. they must they must make a ton of money to do very little. Um, yeah. Do they have like other like kids or something that that also will they'll pass the gauntlet onto their kids? Like you sound the most like me, so. I don't know, but I do know that um, what is is Michael Buffer, the hmm. boxing announcer, has trademarked "Let's Get Ready to Rumble," Ooh. and nobody can say it except him. And like, he makes a lot of money just saying "Let's Get yeah. Ready to Rumble." Like, he'll be if he's on a commercial and he's like for some sort of food or I've seen him in commercials. Yeah, and he he gives his trademark line. Well, know that he's getting paid for his appearance, but they're probably also paying him for the use of that phrase. I, I'm just wondering if the, he would bequeath that to his kids and be like, "No, I'm not leaving it to Billy. I'm leaving it to Johnny because Billy, you sound like a little off when you say it." You know, like he yeah. gives them a temporary pass to say it without suing them. And then whoever says it the best, it's like maybe a reality show competition on his deathbed. Then, then you know, he bequeaths it to them when he dies. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Um, I was I was actually reading an article in the New mm -hmm. York Times oh. about the about the Murdoch family, like uh, Rupert Murdoch, and his, it's a deep sort of dive oh, investigative yeah. report. And he's got essentially he's got like uh, these kids, and uh, like you know he's like. Eight, well into his 80s you know mm -hmm. and um he's but old. he's got it he's got his kids like family feuding for heir of the empire essentially it's kind of interesting yeah i thought you were talking about the hit cbc series murdoch mysteries but then you you took a twist there no 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 another murdoch right uh, although I'll... old enough to have appeared on that when it was you know actually happening <laughs> yeah he was um, the one australian in canada during that uh, that time frame so Ryan, we are recording uh, yeah. right now. It is in April. Uh, it's April tenth, and, and uh, because you are so diligent releasing this, unlike my other podcast, Nudge Nudge of Shade Throne. <laughs> I love um, how we we make fun of. I'll just throw it out there, GBB on a biweekly basis. 
but their insults take about two months to hit those sound waves. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's I'm like true. listening that's... to GBB. It's like, oh, sick burn. If only I wasn't two months older. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah, that. yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I it totally deserved. So <clears throat> the thing though is because this is going to be released tomorrow. Um, tomorrow will be the my my daughter's one year birthday she will be turning one tomorrow so happy birthday clara when you're trying to rediscover what your father was going through at your tender age of one and you're listening to this while you're 18 uh trying to reconnect with me and all that sort of stuff well i was awesome there. Where did you go? <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like maybe on like some sort of finding myself road trip. I don't know. Midlife crisis um, of some kind. Is that what you're you're anticipating in about 10, 15 years? Oh, poten- potentially. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So so um, uh, it's it's cool. We're like planning to do like a little party thing on the cool. weekend. So not necessarily much happening tomorrow. I don't think Clara will give two shits. Uh, she however, might give a couple, she might. Yeah, she might poop a couple times, but yeah, a couple of times she will give literal shits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing is that she like, and this is probably a bad parent thing to do, but whatever. Oh, well, this she is likes the place I- for it. ice cream sandwiches from Farm Boy. Like we've been like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we've been giving her like ice cream sandwiches. She likes them quite a bit, but obviously we only give her a little. But tomorrow's her birthday, so maybe she'll have a full ice cream sandwich. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Kids loves like, kids love sweets. As long as you're not giving it to them, like, every single day. I know, but she still breastfeeds. Like, she's a baby. And yeah. She's eating an ice cream sandwich. But she's eating she's eating solids as well, right? At one year, she's not just, just breastfeeding. Of course, no. Hmm. She's also eating ice cream sandwiches and other food. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, I'm trying to remember. It's weird. She's a big eater, to be fair. Uh, it's true. Yeah, Abby, uh, Abby is a year and a half, and she still breastfeeds and eats full meals. Uh, she is she's a, a little tanker. She's just running around, and and uh, for some reason, like you leave her in her seat enough, she will clear her plate. But then before bed, she's still nursing. So I don't know when she's gonna she's stop. Gonna stop, but like she's got a full set of teeth, and you'll hear. You'll hear ouches from across the room, <laughs> you know, so it's probably getting to that point. Well, I'm looking at our our show notes mm-hmm. for the this episode, and it looks like we actually have a lot of stuff to tackle. So let's we go do. right into it. And uh, I think we will start by delving into uh, the dungeons. And um, I'll, let's talk a little bit about TV shows we're watching. And I will start. Yes. Um so I um I I'm watching with my wife this show on Netflix called Hannah, and uh, it's based off a movie called Hannah. And this seems to be the deal now. Like they, there's movies that come out, and then a few years later they decide to make did the, the TV movie shows. do well? I don't think it did amazingly well. I think it did fine. I think it had maybe a cult audience. Right. And I it, it, and honestly that might be the way to do these things because like I've never seen the Fargo show or, or some of the other movie based shows, but those movies are very well known, well received. People are familiar with them. And so it's like doing a remake of a movie or something, you know, you have to kind of forget or, or not think about this other interpretation that you may have seen. Mm -hmm. But if a movie is kind of like not as popular 
or you may not have seen it, maybe it adds value to to seeing the show. Like I have not seen the Hannah movie, which is on Netflix, and I am actually curious maybe to watch it after we're done the show. And we are on the final episode. It's an eight episode series, and we're, we're we've watched seven, and we're on to the eighth episode. Right. It's got the guy uh, uh, Joel Kinnaman, right, he, with a weird accent. From what I remember of the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It it has the the guy from Altered Carbon. Uh, mm-hmm. He's in The Killing. He's in a bunch of stuff. Joel Kinnaman and uh, I will be honest. Like I I quite enjoyed Altered Carbon, and I watched a lot of it. And he plays a character called Takeshi Kovach in that show. And I thought there was no way I was going to not think about him as Takeshi Kovach. But by the by, like you know, I I'm I'm going into the final episode of this show, and I'm really all on board. For you know, he does a very, very good job in his in his character, uh, Eric Keller, and uh, and uh, yeah, no, it's a good show. It's mm-hmm. honestly a good show. It's just one of these shows that's like I don't want to say uh, bipolar because that's probably not sensitive, but uh, <laughs> but it but it it's two it's got two tones like two okay. really different different tones and one um, just for those who might not know, essentially the conceit is that. Um, there is this uh, ma- uh, man who's raising his daughter in the woods uh, because she is, and this is not a spoiler, it's, it's pretty much in the opening scene of the movie, she is like a baby that's had, you know, uh, testing done by this top secret lab. She's to been make augmented. Like, yeah, Captain America style super soldier, and he's like broken her out of this and then has gone into the middle of the woods and lives there for 15 years with just her. And, you know, and then it, uh, obviously teenage happens to, and she she wants to see like what's on the, the outside world and that leads to a lot of you know a lot of secret agency stuff because she's also been trained for the past 15 years by the dad to be this badass killing machine so the two tones are spy thriller mm-hmm. like jason bourne style right and then on the other side it's a, like a coming of age story uh, of this, you know, this this young woman uh, who's had this traumatic sort of upbringing and 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 um, and origin, like get sort of coming to terms with 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 the world around her and all of that. So like, there's so I often say my brother, who is really into like Jason Bourne style stuff and spy mm-hmm. thrillers, would love every second episode of this show and absolutely despise every other episode of this show. So that's what's very weird about it. I really feel that there's some people that would watch it and would love the coming of age, like teenage girl uh, becoming a a regular teenage girl, but having the secret and all that. There's some people that would love that stuff and other people that would hate it. And then there's some people that would love the shadowy agency, double cross, super spy Hmm. stuff, and some people that would, would hate it. Um, and what's great for me and my wife is that we kind of like both sides of it. And, and, and I don't think everybody would be like that, but it's made it that we've really enjoyed the show so far. I, I think that, uh, like how, like the action, because it's a sort of a teenage girl doing most of the sort of, you know, training and karate chopping and all that. Is it incredibly violent slash gruesome or is it just kind of like punches and kicks kind of thing? Like, you know what I'm trying to get at? Like, it's not not bullets and punching and shooting and stuff. Oh, well, there's a lot of shooting and punching and whatever. And it's not always her and like... It's not overly violent is what I'm trying to get at. Like, I'm trying to remember... 
It's pretty violent. Yeah, it's pretty violent. And, and and the other the other thing though is that it's it it essentially every episode has a scene of like actiony violence, but it's like often one scene and then mm-hmm. the rest of the episode. So like sometimes you know you go through a lot of exposition. Like I think of the first episode in particular, the first episode of that series. Um, which is very tonally different from the rest as well, because it's the one that's set majoritarily in the woods where she grew up, you know? So it's, and there's mostly them, them as the two characters, whereas there's a bunch of other characters that are soon added. Um, and so the action se- there is a big action sequence at the very end of that episode. Mm-hmm. And then the next episode they're following it, like has an action sequence, close to the beginning but then no action sequence for the entire rest of the episode but some of those action sequences are yes like very much like rated r ish action sequences like i think there's a varying you know there's a scale like i'm not saying like oh if it's violent i'm not gonna watch it but like for shows that ashley and i watch together and we are looking for another show to watch together we had just we just finished one recently and I like the idea of watching something on the Amazon, uh, on Amazon Prime because I I pay for Amazon Prime. I love the shipping, the two day shipping, especially you know here in Canada, it's kind of odd to get good value out of a subscription, especially a yearly one. And I and the video stuff is built in 4K. Like you don't have to pay extra for Netflix. I would have to pay an extra three dollars on top of the jump that Netflix subscriptions have already made. So with Amazon, I can just kind of load it up and I can watch 4K content, no problem. And I think it's very rare that Ashley and I find a show that we'll, we'll connect on that isn't a comedy. I think both her and I have a, you know, a very strong you know, likelihood to come together when it comes to a, a comedy show. We can kind of, like, we both love Brooklyn Nine-Nine and um, you know, Modern Family and Single Parents is really good as well. But Hannah you guys sounds ever- like it would be good. Did you guys ever watch 24 with Kiefer Sutherland? Or? No, we didn't. Okay, because I would say that it's like, there's a lot, if you like 24, you, you may like this. And my impression of the movie is that it may have been more art house than the, the show is. Right. Where the first episode is a bit art house but then, then it turns into very much... Uh, um, a, a very sort of standard thriller, and I gotta give a shout out to the girl who plays ha- Hannah, the main the main actress, because she is really good, and uh, especially playing what I think is kind of um, a tough role to play. Where would I know so, her from? Is she a known actress? I or? I don't think so. Like no, she's, she's like she's new. the actress must be like she her character is fifteen on the show I think, uh, in the show or fifteen sixteen, and she if she's any older than that i would be very surprised uh she's very very young and Mm -hmm. um there's three main actors uh there's her her father and then there's the lead sort of agent tracking them down who is also very good and um and uh, but there's a lot of other like at the beginning i was sort of like wow there's only these three characters really that are important characters but no as it goes on like other characters are introduced and mm. and things get a little more complicated. So yeah, I won't talk about it anymore. But I'm I'm about to see the the last episode. But you know, Amazon did release the first episode like three months before the series was released. They just put it out there for like a week and said, "Hey, check this out. Mm-hmm. The whole series is coming in th- in three months or something." Oh, interesting. And um, so they're confident that the first episode whets your appetite to the extent that you want to see the rest. Otherwise they wouldn't have done that. Um, 
so I, I would encourage you guys, if you're looking for something to check out, and I think it's totally a show that you can, it's not a comedy, but it's a show mm-hmm. that you can totally watch uh, as a couple. After one episode, you can sort of look at each other and be like, okay, does this seem like something that we want to keep going with or, or not? Yeah, it's it's rare for me to, to have a show that, that Ashley... Uh, won't watch with me because I just I don't feel I don't find a lot of time where I'm able I'm sitting in front of the TV by myself right unless I'm playing video games right so I'll we'll check it out I mean in terms of Amazon I I think this has probably been suggested before but we really liked lore uh, we watched the whole entirety of season one and we're, we we were starting on season two but we were just we needed a break from it was I don't very think creepy. I know that one Ryan what is it so lore, lore is a Amazon series based on a podcast so the podcast is still active they're posting bi-weekly episodes it's very similar to us it's almost like we stole the idea of bi-weekly episodes from them um, that's not true but uh, it's a new it's it's an Amazon series it's got two two seasons and basically it's about it's telling a story the story behind the stories of these tall tales of these folklore uh, but not just like old folklore of like werewolves and vampires, but also more recent folklore, like in the you know the fifties and the sixties. There's some really creepy ones, and they do a really good job at trying to get under your skin. And then there are others that literally just look at you know medical history. Uh, one looks at the lobotomy. Another looks at the idea of the the dead rising and and sort of the belief system around that. And another one looks at like a creepy doll that is like a real doll uh, that you can. It, it's it's a good series. I, I could only watch one at a time because it was super freaky, but highly recommend it. Really good stuff, uh, and that is also on Amazon Prime. And Ashley, huh, and I really dug that, it. Oh well, that's a good one. Oh, we'll check it out. Mm-hmm. And Hannah looks amazing in in 4K. It looks it's really really nice. So if you're looking for a show that kind of like will pop on your on your new TV, like this is mm-hmm. it's definitely one that one that will. I hadn't, I hadn't heard about Laura at all, so that's an interesting one to me. I hear uh, you're still cruising on the Umbrella Chronicles though on Netflix. We finished it, and I was gonna I forgot to ask you pre-show, but have you finished it as well? Yeah, we we uh, that was the last one before Hannah that Jesse and I watched together, oh. and it was it was a while ago, I would say now. Yeah, so we we just finished this one I think last week, and it was a slow burn for us. Like it's very rare that we'll binge something. Like we can probably get maybe forty minutes, maybe an episode and a half in. But yeah, because uh, Umbrella, uh, I always want to call it Umbrella Umbrella Chronicles. But uh, Umbrella Academy, I think we mentioned on the show, based on a graphic novel from the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. And this adaptation, from my my understanding, is is not a straight adaptation. There are some differences between the graphic novel and the show. And I, I, I we don't have to do super spoilers because I think it's worth experiencing without spoilers. Well- one thing I'd suggest then, sure. if we want, just for listeners that that may have seen it or want to, let's let's table it. And at the end of the episode, once we close off or whatever, we we leave it going for a bit. People can shut down if they don't want to hear the spoiler spoiler talk, and we'll, we'll we'll have a five minute because I'd be interested to hear your thoughts about like yeah. the plot and where it went and stuff like that. So so, so I won't uh, like I won't you know stay on it very long if we're going to do spoilers later on but what i will say is i was talking to a friend of mine who read the graphic novels and i asked him like do, should i re- should 
should people have read the graphic novels before watching the show or should they watch the show then read the graphic novels and honestly he suggested if you're going to want to read the graphic novels check out the show first because the changes in the show uh would be spoiled by the comic books because the graphic novel kicks into some of the story beats in 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 the tv show that happened later on but in the graphic novel i mean it happens almost right away so okay and there are some big differences as well outside of that but you know we'll, we'll we'll talk spoilers at the end of the show i think it'd be really cool to to get our thoughts on that so before before we drop it like overall impressions positive oh, yeah, yeah. negative somewhere in between uh you know what i I wouldn't say it's the best thing I've ever seen, but uh, we really enjoyed it. Uh, it was kind of distracting more so. Uh, it's funny to say the CG was really good. So there's a, C- a CG monkey butler and he's yeah, yeah. really good. The way they've kind of animated him where where it was a little distracting was uh, was Luther. He kind of looked like a big plastic doll with hairy patches all over him and I guess that's a bit of a little spar, but the, but that's early on in the show. He's he's yeah, fairly really. beefy right at the beginning, and and that is a tad distracting. Um, but man, oh man, the guy from Misfits uh, who plays Klaus, I love yeah. that guy. I haven't seen him since Misfits, and I missed him so much. And I'm so glad he is in this series. He's perfectly cast. Amazing. See, I, I, that guy at the beginning really annoyed me as a character because yeah. I thought he was—I thought he felt like a little bit one note, the token court jester style character. And uh, but really, he goes through a lot in that series, and and I, he was one of my favorites at the end. And I thought the actor did a really good job. I honestly thought like most of the actors did a pretty good job. Um, I, and what I what I thought is interesting about that show and i you know like i would say that i enjoyed it and when season two comes on i'll probably watch that as well but it probably wasn't my you know uh top shows of all time i i will i will say it is funny that such a crazy ass comic book based show with like superhero characters and like a talking monkey butler <laughs> and like all the stuff that goes on in that show can just be like just come to life and be released with the budget that it has and that we're just like yeah that makes sense sure another 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 show for us like if that show would come out when i was like a kid or a teen or whatever mm-hmm. i would be like holy crap this is the most amazing thing ever right, right. it's just funny we live in a time with so such an abundance of riches that it's just like oh yeah that's all right i guess well, you know like someone had sent me an article at work and it was uh and i mean no one should read into this but it was an article about like why sameness is the is no longer uh, acceptable and the start of the article was talking about in 96 the five shows that were were nominated for best television emmy were also the same series nominated in 97. It was like X-Files, ER, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, like a couple hospital dramas, a couple sci-fi shows, and yada, yada. Now you look at the landscape, and you're right. You're not surprised by a comic book show exclusive to a streaming series with a CG monkey and a robot mom and yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's And then you're even thinking back 10 years ago, like I think Lost 
was a what's a, was one of those shocking twists of television where it's like oh my it's like a sci-fi it's science mystery. fiction exactly yeah because it doesn't come out the gate as science fiction no. really so so no it, and they knew and like I look at my mom and my mom hates science fiction and fantasy pretty much across the ball uh, board like my mom likes stuff like you know like the crown on Netflix which sure. be right Downton Abbey that stuff she'd be right in her wheelhouse right and so. You know, she would. I, I, I turned to Jesse a couple of times during Umbrella Academy, and I said, "God, Mom would hate this show." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it, but I I didn't mean that in a bad way. I meant that in sort of like a this show is crazy in a, in a you know in a sci-fi way, and it's still still a, a good show. But like anyway, to to me, it's just it is funny that these shows exist and that there's no questions asking that we treat them as just regular shows you know it's just like oh it's another show with the monkey butler and the robot mom and the and they all have Super crazy bad. powers and and you're right about the special effects too like like weta um did the monkey and, and oh, they really? did planet of the apes and stuff and and um it's just uh, it's just one of those things where it's like TV in Netflix like has these budgets now. It's mm -hmm. it, you know where where does the line between movies and, and TV end? Anyway, we'll talk more about the Umbrella uh, Academy um, at the end. For those of you who have seen it and want to hear our thoughts, we'll try to save some energy and then after the after the pod, we'll uh, <clears throat> we'll uh, talk talk a little bit spoiler cast about uh, about the Umbrella Academy. Ryan can remind me of some of the big uh, story beats. Sure, yeah, yeah. So, uh, speaking of spoilers, um, I've been meaning to talk, this has been on like the list of things to talk about for the past like three weeks, but I keep bumping it cause really it's, it's one of these evergreen things. Uh, but, uh, it's been, uh, the biggest wrestling pay-per-view of the year. Everyone should know is WrestleMania, the showcase of the immortals. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and it was this past weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and so from January, which is the Royal Rumble, to WrestleMania, the showcase of the Immortals, uh, there is, uh, you know, three months pretty much where they build up the, you know, build up their main show. So I watched WrestleMania with my brother on the weekend uh, on Sunday. And I want to talk about that, about having kids and stuff in a second. And... Uh, they're they're coming to um like fall the week after wrestlemania they're they're having their television show in montreal uh, which is near my house so my friend and i are going to montreal oh, wow. and it films it films on a monday night so next monday night i'm going to see raw in montreal uh and uh and i'll have more to you know more to say about sort of that that kind of experience as well but what I wanted to focus on first off is wrestling is is pro wrestling is one of those things where it's like a to, it's a total geek hobby that is hugely popular, especially in Canada, but is sort of spoken about in hushed whispers and sort of shame, uh, much much in the same way people speak about a lot of a lot of their sort of nerdy geek hobbies. So I've been into pro wrestling to one degree or another since I've been a kid. Um, but my brother and I have really kind of bonded over it. It was something that we, we used to watch. He would come over before we had kids and every, every Tuesday we would tape the show on, on Monday. We wouldn't read any spoilers tape often with a VHS tape, mind mm -hmm. you. 
and he would come over and we would watch the shows together and stuff like that and fast forward the many 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 commercials um kids and and life put put an end to that and now i pretty much don't watch anymore because it's it's a three-hour show every monday i don't even have cable anymore every monday yeah so three hours on monday for raw two hours on tuesday for smackdown one hour a week for nxt which is their developmental whatever uh league that's a good show as well so you could be Hmm. you you know like for people who are huge wrestling aficionados like their week is is they you know filled up on 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 wrestling right i don't think i've watched a single wrestling thing i mean i i know of like hulk hogan Oh, Ryan. Before. Before all the stuff with uh, Gawker and all that fun stuff. But, like, when he was a wrestler, yeah. you know? And, and you know... I would have almost thought Hogan would have been before your time. He would have been, right? Like, but he was a movie star, like, in the late 80s, early 90s, was he not? Uh, he, well, it depends. Okay, How not... You define... <laughs> Maybe not a movie star, but he was in yeah. movies. He and... was in movies, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and I was... <laughs> So one one thing with I was in um in Mexico in 1999 I was backpacking with my buddy Mike and we were we were taking this uh we took this bus um down from like backpacking in 99 in Mexico yeah God. it's so I would have been in high so, school still yeah thanks Ryan um so, <laughs> so so we taking this bus and it was like we thought it wasn't that far but it was like a 20 hour bus ride oh and so gosh. we're we're sitting it was going down to like cancun in the south and we were like in mid mexico and it turns out it's further than we thought so we're in, we're in the bus and uh we're going down and they're they have it's like one of those greyhound buses and they have these like little tvs and they start playing these these movies and they're all these like black and white spanish mexican movies i think and we just can't like we're looking at them we're like oh, i we don't know anything of what's going on so then we we don't really pay attention. And then at one point, one movie ends and a color movie comes on and it's in English. And it says like, you know, something productions brings you. And you see all it is is like there's somebody posing by the light of a campfire with big muscles. Like they're doing all sorts of like ninja moves and they're putting on like, you know, wraps around their fists and all this, but you don't see who they are. And we're both leaning forward and we're thinking like, is this commando or is this like a Schwarzenegger film? (laughs) And then it says like Hulk Hogan assault on devil's Island. And I was like, I was like, I have never heard of this movie in my life. And Mike's like me neither. And we knew a lot about dumb action movies. And we were like, we didn't even know this movie existed. You know, I'm trying to think of the one. He was a nanny of some kind. Was he not? Oh yeah. Yeah. Suburban commando and stuff. Yeah. There was some big name Hogan movies in which like he was in one of the Rockies and then he got a couple of movies that were like in theaters and well-received, but then he did a bunch of like, I guess, direct to VHS whatever movies and that i had never heard of we saw a bunch of them on uh like in the buses i don't know what the deal was but we saw like three other hulk hogan movies one's called the ultimate weapon or something but almost all of them and this really threw us off he had shaved his mustache off for so it was like you know he's known for his big yeah his handlebars yeah yeah oh man I don't want to get sidetracked you've already sidetracked me yeah Hulk Hogan is not a comment like a a topic we need to know about but like just just so everybody's aware like I've never seen a wrestling thing I had cousins 
who were into wrestling because the, I, I assumed because they had posters. I played the video games. Like I played one. Oh, did on, you? I played one on N sixty four that was one of my favorites. It was like uh, I think it was like. I don't know what it was, but it was... It, it was, was either answer. WrestleMania 2000 or No Mercy. It was uh, one of those two. I don't know. Uh, anyway, or it could have been like one of these other ones. Anyway... It was a licensed look, one. It might have been No Mercy. Here's here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, r- wrestling is essentially scripted storytelling. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, it's but, real to me, but, damn it. But yeah, but it rewards, it rewards like historical investment it's very similar to comic books in that way like it's like it will it's trying to get new viewers and it's trying to get new people but if you know the background and like the history of these characters and what they've been through and and this you know if you know their move set it's like knowing the superpowers of a hero in a comic book so like when somebody hits their finisher you're like oh man that's a big deal because and not all finishers are equal right like if the undertaker hits the tombstone oh my god he hit the tombstone nobody kicks from that and then if somebody does kick you go nuts and so um so it's uh it's really it's really uh funny and, and exciting in that way and there's often you know dumb humor and d- dumb sort of stuff so with that that aside you know noted crofton wrestling fan mm-hmm. um this wrestlemania was notable for for a main reason which was that it was the first wrestlemania in history that was uh, main evented by women um so the main event was a, a triple threat match between three ladies uh and uh, that main event means it's the last match on the card mm-hmm. uh so and there was some there was some other really cool matches including and and this is this is what's cool about wrestling because there's direct audience feedback right like the rock will tell you this like he'll always talk about the goosebumps that he gets when he goes back and and the, and the deal the deal is that like um you know they have a plan and there's people who are big into wrestling news and are, are like what's good you know they may there's rumors and leaks about what the storylines are going to be for wrestlemania and all that sort of stuff and uh and there was there's this guy kofi kingston who is uh kofi has been a wrestler in in wwe for i want to say 11 wait 11 years Mm-hmm. Uh, a long time like they don't have longevity like that in, uh, in the olden days like in the hulk hogan days nobody lasted that long they were all bodybuilders who lift weights and did hard drugs none of them were they changed companies they changed whatever but kofi has been in the company and he's been what's known as a mid carter which is somebody who's in the middle of the card like who is you know never gets big chances but it's kind of like whatever anyway he's he he also like you know when you see somebody and you can genuinely tell you sort of get a sense they're a nice person in mm-hmm. real life or they're a dick kofi is one of those guys that you see him and you're like that guy looks like a nice guy you know like and everybody's everybody sort of has felt that way and so for 11 years He's just sort of like he's he's toiled. He's he's had a great job. He he's worked w- with some of his best friends, and he had a faction with his his friends and all this and, and uh, all of that was great. But um, in earlier this year, after you know, in February, a, a wrestler got injured and Kofi got put in his spot, and it led to the fans really getting behind him for him to get an opportunity, and so they changed the script what they had planned for WrestleMania instead put Kofi and Kofi won the top belt 
at WrestleMania this year after 11 years in the company. So think about like the long-serving employee, constantly overlooked, has been giving it his all for all this time and then gets... So it was like a really feel-good mo- moment. Like his kids were brought out. Everybody's sort of, you know, super happy for him and all that. That was really great. So it was super awesome. I went to see it at my brother's house. The show is ridiculously long. Like WrestleMania has bloated. It's like the Super Bowl if nobody it's had like any eight editors. hours, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's you like watched an eight-hour pay-per-view. How much? So, no, no, no. How much do the pay-per-views no. cost? So here's another thing. They have a network now, so nobody oh. buys the pay-per-views anymore. In Canada, it's super annoying. In the states, it's sweet. In the states, you pay ten bucks a month or whatever. It's Netflix. Like you have the WWE Network, you get all the pay-per-views, and you can watch episodes of their shows from years past and all that sort of stuff. It's great. Mm-hmm. In Canada, Rogers and uh, oh. Videotron and all that paid a giant fee to get the exclusive uh, exclusive rights to it. So it's a channel here in Canada, and it's a channel that you have to have a cable package for, and then you add on to, right? So I, I've cut the cord, I don't have cable. So I went to my brother's and he got the WWE Network for one night to watch to watch um, WrestleMania. Mm. And, uh, it, and so technically, it starts at 7 p.m. and on the thing is supposed to run to midnight. Okay. Oh, well, that's not so bad. But there's a two hour pre show that starts from f- at five and oh. runs to seven. Like, and when I say pre show, I mean matches. Like, there's matches. And the idea is like they want to get every wrestler on the card, which is a bad idea to begin with. So I was essentially, um, so I went to, it, it, and it's on a Sunday. Traditionally, wrestling pay per views are always on a Sunday, which is stupid. So, because like you've got to get up for work the next day. So, or I go do to you? my. Yeah, I know. I call in sick for WrestleMania reasons. Um, <laughs> I have to six. watch this uh, this WrestleMania thing. Uh, a couple uh, old, oiled up dudes go at it, so I'll be late no, on Monday. Remember, it was the main event was the ladies, and now right, here's, right, right, right. here's the thing: um, the, the everybody like the honor of the main event of WrestleMania. It's like it's the last match. It was um, so it was the ladies for the first time ever. It started like they started because it overran. They started their match at twelve oh five a.m. Monday morning, and I was like at my brother's house, and I'm like, I don't even know if I can keep my eyes open anymore. And and uh, and and so we watched it, but the crowd in New York City, who had been there with catheters or something <laughs> since since like five p.m. or plus. Like, they were dead. So I felt bad for these women. They had worked their asses off to get this spot on the card. It was a historic thing. The crowd was still – they were trying to get into it. But, like, they were dead, man. They were, like – Yeah, well, after five been, hours of cheering, seven hours of cheering. Like, seven hours. Like, I mean, what are, what are you going to do? So uh, it's a huge problem. There's too much wrestling. It's too long. Yeah. Um, there. Then the next night – like, so – the next night was raw and it's three hours, right? Like it's every it's eight to eleven PM. And now I didn't I didn't watch um Raw, but like I was I went to bed. I fell asleep at like one AM. I was messed up the next no, one thirty. I fell asleep. I was messed up the next day. Got up at like six, and and I need a lot of sleep to function. Just full disclosure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my kid. I had t- trying to take care of the kids and stuff like that in the evening. I was just dead. Jesse was super nice. She's like, just 
you know, go rest. But I could see she was like, fucking WrestleMania did this to him. <laughs> um, When's and, my WrestleMania, she says. God, God damn it. And uh, Does she get then, a WrestleMania in Crofton? That's the question she, everyone's asking. Everybody should have a WrestleMania, Ryan. But here, here's That's a the dodge. Thing. That's a dodge, everybody. <laughs> That's a dodge. Note the dodge. <laughs> Note the dodge. But but here's the thing that gave me, like, I don't know if respect for the wrestlers is the mm. right word or it's more like, God, they're idiots. But so they had to come, like, I just had to haul my ass out of bed the next day and go mm. to work and do it. They had to compete on Raw. And so, like, so the, oh, they the, had the, another the, event the next day. The next day. So wait, you wrestle hours. for seven hours and then you, you well, come back. Well, it's not the same same people but it is you. the same people that had to stay up and uh. the people who won the titles they had to they had to go on all the uh, good morning america shows and all that stuff so oh, really? it was just mm-hmm. it was just like so they they were up past midnight doing their shit then they were they were probably up all night went on the good morning america shows and then had to perform that evening i was just like credit to those guys but there really needs to be less wrestling and now crofton's wrestling rant is over huh We'll look forward to hearing more about uh, being in Montreal next episode. It sounds like that's perfectly timed. Montreal is a nuts wrestling town. Like it's they crazy. It. Oh yeah, I went. I saw a pay per view there years and years ago, and um, they are they are crazy. Like they are crazy. So uh, I'm looking forward to just the fan experience at, at in Montreal. It'll be a it'll be a good time. Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. I'll be like. Yeah, I'll be super tired, and I'll be, and my wife will be pissed at me. She's like, yeah, wrestling you're, again? You're getting another WrestleMania. So, again, the question stands. When's her two WrestleManias now? Yeah. When's her trip well, to I'm, Montreal, Crofton? So this is this is what I'm doing, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a full day off work, but I'm taking half a day on Monday. So I'll work in the morning. I drive to Montreal in the afternoon, go see Raw, mm-hmm. sleep in a hotel, drive. <laughs> what do you get? So far, it sounds like you're winning drive back to work right in and then then go home tuesday evening so really like for jesse i'm just missing one night really really yeah but you get to sleep in a hotel without screaming kids yeah they'll just be screaming fans or you could just have your brother scream in your ear and kofi kofi is he gonna be there uh okay I don't want to get to, I don't want to get too much into the nerd semantics, but sure. every year there's a wrestling draft, okay, where there's the, they have right. the two different shows and they pass superstars between the shows, and and the wrestling draft is after WrestleMania and it, the first uh, I'm it's it's in Montreal this year, so that's what I'm going to see, and so anybody could technically be there because anybody could be you're drafted. watching. The, you're going to Montreal to see a draft. Well, it's a wrestling show, but it's also the the draft episode of that show. So stuff will happen. I mean, like, you know, there'll be surprise matches. You'll be like, and now the first draft pick, and it'll be like some big star, and then he'll have a match right away against somebody. You'll be like, oh, man, I can't believe he's here. Is it? I Like, kudos to everybody who's into wrestling, but this is fascinating. I I am not – I didn't have no idea there was a draft. I know know of the NHL draft, and that's about it. Maybe there's an no, NFL it, one. I don't know. See, I could talk about this all day. I should probably well, let's, shut up. Let's table it for, for next episode because it sounds like we're going to have a good chunk next time as well with Fair, your trip to good Montreal. point. Yeah. Shut me down quick, Ryan. Shut yes. me down. So, you know what? 
Mm. Uh, last last thing I'll say before we move into the diapers mm-hmm. uh, is uh, is uh, the Gwen, video game wise, Gwen and I are playing, uh, continuing our tour of the Zelda universe. We finished a link to the past. Nice. We are now playing Ocarina of Time, and I thought about this a long time because I haven't played Ocarina for ages. I was trying to figure out what's the best way to play Ocarina of Time. I ended up getting it on the Wii U virtual store, uh, but it's the N64 version. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. the 3DS version or anything. And um, I will be honest, like, it's a tough play. Like, it's tough to go back to the N64. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gwen is not having any problems. She's into it. But I'm sort of regretting. I'm like, I... I kind of feel we should have just gone to like Twilight Princess or some shit. Uh, you know, like this it might not have been a good call. We're going to have to play the whole thing now, but yeah. uh, Twilight Princess a- is a little dark. I think like yeah. in terms of what you've played so far, Ocarina of Time is like kind of borderline. It's still pretty cartoony. I don't think you could do Majora's Mask like the uh I no, was, I wasn't planning to. Yeah, yeah I I've heard some conversations like basically one I, I think on uh, the giant beast cast podcast Vinny is, is to some people these these names will make sense Vinny's playing Majora's Mask with his kid and they were talking about how every time they put the deck he puts the Deku mask on he screams and I think they were talking about how the, a developer commented like yeah he's in incredible pain every time he turns into and out of a Deku form and it's like well yeah, it kind of makes sense I mean he is shifting into a new He's he's basically turning into a, a nut with uh, with with uh, feet and, and arms, right? So, um, yeah, I wouldn't play that one. But Ocarina of Time sounds like it, it's a, it'd be a good fit. Oh, it totally. And the Wind Waker also talks a lot about the hero of time and its intro. Yeah, like that connection is really cool. Yeah, and Gwen has been asking about the hero of time and all that, and so uh, I was oh. like, "All right, well, we're gonna play this one then." And uh, we we started playing it, and it's just like, you know, there's a the, the two the three biggest dated problems are a the graphics are ass, which is fine, okay, like they're they're it they're is muddy, it is. they're muddy. I just really wish like. That, like I know that the 3DS version exists, and so it's kind of frustrating to be playing this N64 version. But we can't play the 3DS version together. Like I can't get it on the Wii U screen or on the TV screen. So that takes away that. Um, but the controls. Now this is where I was sort of. Uh, so I'm playing with a, a Wii U Pro controller, and uh, the thing about that is, as you may recall, the Nintendo 64 controller only has one joystick. Um, so that means that your right joystick is not does not control the camera like you're used to in every 3D game you can think of. Mm-hmm. The way you control the camera is with like you click a button, which was the trigger underneath it's got, the like, N64 button. It moves in sort of quadrants. Yeah, it would it would fix the camera directly behind Link wherever oh, right, wherever right. whatever way he's looking. That's all you could do, which is actually kind of fine, but it's just your it so breaks your brain from what you're used to that it, it is quite frustrating. And the other thing, <clears throat> and this is almost the most frustrating thing, it's kind of odd that it would be, but the the uh the 64 joystick like and I, I really only works in eight directions, hmm. and um, so when you have a joystick that works perfectly in all directions, it's very frustrating to only like you start to you you are constantly battling because he's 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 moving in sort of like 
eight sections and like there's especially in the mini games like there's a mini game in hyrule town bomb chew bowling which i'd forgotten uh like it's still a good game it's just being trounced by other games i guess and like gwen is into it i'm gonna see it through uh but uh, you know if you ask me to rank my favorite zelda games of all time um Oh, you know, like a lot of people put Ocarina at or near the top, and I see why based on impact and all that. But like in terms of how it plays today and and, and how it compares, I definitely would bump it down pretty low on the list of of best Zeldas right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <coughs> uh, it, yeah, it's a good, it's a great game when it came out. I think it's a great 3DS game now, and I think going back to the N64 version, especially not only are you having to drag out an old Nintendo system you're having to, to play an even older Nintendo system within that old Nintendo system. And I I think Ocarina of Time, it deserves... Like, I, I almost wish Nintendo would actually lean in on the, the re-release sort of idea of Nintendo. People give Nintendo crap for re-releasing their old games, but, like, they just don't do it enough that you... That as a fan, you would want to see, like, this Ocarina of Time game ported then to the Switch, you know, and and imagine like an an N sixty four classics, you know, Ocarina of Time remade and Majora's Mask remade on one cart for the Switch. I mean, that would be just fantastic, right? So like, it would be especially if they, you know, they up the all the textures and all that that are honestly hard on my eyes sometimes. Mm-hmm. They uh, because I'm not looking at it on a CRT screen anymore, right? No. Like that's a big difference too. And uh, if they they made the controls smoother or whatever, then it would be, then it would be, it would be good. Um, however, again, like, let's not kid ourselves. Like all the Zeldas that have come out since those games are better games. You know, like they're just like they're. It's just they're not as impactful. You know, except maybe Breath of the Wild, obviously. But yeah, Breath of the Wild is definitely top of the line. But uh, I mean. You know, let's let's talk about diapers because I mean, this is a pretty good transition from Ocarina Time. I'm also playing some video games with the kids. Um, Yoshi's Crafted World, which if you're looking for, to switch it up in terms of from a Zelda game, looking for something different, Yoshi's Crafted World on the on the Nintendo Switch is phenomenal to play with kids. Caden uh, absolutely is in love with it, and I can't get Abby to sit still for anything. You know, she she loves the idea of of Zuma and Paw Patrol, but she will last two minutes and then she's running around uh, around the living room. She's not engaged with the content as much, and and she's young, so I don't really need her to be like glued to the television. Uh, but with Yoshi, they both want to want to play, and but they're not just sitting there watching; they're engaging with with the game. Um, they're super into Poochie, who's like showing up in the game, and. The levels are all crafted from real world objects, so they kind of look as if like it's been put together with paper and paper mache and paint and construction paper. It's really cool looking too. So we've just been having a really, really fantastic time with it, and it's nice and light. Uh, it's it, it is it is a light experience, but it's it's a slower experience for the for the kids to kind of like pay attention to. Um, there is a demo so available you- as well, so. Here's a question for you, mm-hmm. because honestly, I've been actually quite tempted by this one. Um, in in terms of having a game, because Gwen watches me play the Zelda games, but in terms of having a game that she might actually like pick up a controller for, mm-hmm. I definitely have been tempted. But, um, you know, it's, it's a new release. It's full price. It and is, yeah. I, 
I missed out on Yoshi's Woolly World, and I'm I'm wondering if like is this crafted world much better? Have you played that game? Is it much better? Could um, I just go back and get the Woolly Worlds game? You probably like, could. I would probably put them in the same vein. I played Woolly World, and I, I played a bit of it, and yeah, it's very similar. In, in genre, the, I think where I can't remember if Woolly World had drop in, drop out co op, but Yoshi's Crafted World does have co op. You know what you could do is like if you want to test, I don't know if you have Woolly World, but Crafted, I don't. Well, Crafted World has a demo on the Switch. You could easily play it, you know, uh, and then see if, if there, if, you know, Gwen's into it. And then if she is, then you could probably, probably look at getting Woolly World. Well, see, yeah, so here's the thing is that she will for sure be into it. I know right now. Yeah. If I show her the demo, she'll be like, oh, wow, this is sweet. But, like, if then I download a completely other game in in Woolly World, uh, then she'll be like, well, this isn't the same thing that I, you know, same thing that I yeah, played. If, yeah. Yeah, but see, if Woolly World is the same and it's cheaper on the Wii U or whatever, like, I mean, I might as well just... I mean, how much one. cheaper would it be? Like maybe twenty bucks? Because you, yeah. you, you know, I mean, twenty bucks is twenty bucks. I don't get me wrong. But like, I yeah. So my point is, I guess, why pay twenty bucks more for like? There's these two Yoshi games. What's the difference that would make the other one worth my twenty bucks? <laughs> the difference is you don't have to have the Wii U hooked up. I guess. Oh, um, it's already it, it's already hooked okay. Up. So I'm that, playing Ocarina on it. That issue aside, I think for me, they're very similar. But from what I played in Yoshi's Woolly World, it was more of a linear experience. And we're okay. playing with the kids, with Caden and Abby, where I can really get into it with them is that it's it's more interactive. So as we're playing, we do one level. The first level in the demo, there's this train and like, you know, uh, Kamek and Baby Bowser, they, they take apart the train. And you have to find the three pieces. And they're kind of hidden within the world, but not on the linear path but in like the background of the world in the foreground of the world and you're having to find them like and i so i say to Caden and abby okay like look for the train pieces obviously abby is too young to kind of know what or did, where it is but Caden's all into it and he's pointing out daddy like, did you say train i did and they love trains so they will constantly repeat does this level have a train in it and i'm like not every level has a train in it but we will certainly go back to the train level and we will we will do it again and that's the beauty of this one is that in woolly world it was very linear in this it's repetitive in the sense that you can go back to the same level but it's like the flip side so you do it once and then you can it flips around and you're looking for poochie pups which again leads into that you know search and find mechanic with the kids they really really love it and Every time you beat a level, you know, both the kids yell again, again, and, and it's just, you know, wow. play, yeah, they love it. It's it's f the first game I've actually been able to get both of them to sit and engage with and have a great time. Now, they're not playing, but they're they're kind of like couch playing, you know? Yeah, I know, and that's, what, and that's what Gwen has been doing with me, and, like, honestly, it's really, really satisfying when you have that sort of connection, and they're giving you direction, and you do what they say, right? Mm -hmm. um, because... It, it empowers them as well because they are controlling what's going on just by telling you stuff, right? Yeah, and it's again, it's fairly simple. There, there is you know drop in, drop out co op, but I don't think Caden's he's probably a couple maybe a year or so from playing. But I think 
you could play this, you know, probably give, you know, her a chance and try it, you know, together because it does have co-op and it's literally just the Joy-Cons, right? So you pop, you pop them out and you can play. I've been playing with the Pro Controller, but you could easily play with, with the Joy-Cons as well. And yeah, and then there's even more where you're going through and you're, once you finish a level, there's like a robot in each world and you talk to the robot and he's like, find me souvenirs in this world. I want to find six cows. So I say to Caden and Abby, okay, like we're going to go through the level again. You guys be on the lookout for these cows. And when you see one, let me know. And then I'll hit it with the egg and, and we'll be good to go. Huh. So that there's a, good. a lot of replayability. But again, like for you and I playing on our own, and I actually was just playing before we started recording, doing that extra stuff on your own, not not as interesting as the main levels, like going through once and experiencing the world, like that's, that is fun. But yeah, the yeah. extra stuff on, it's not for us. It's yeah. for kids, and that's honestly that's where I've been having the most fun is is going through the levels again with with my kids and having them interact. Like Caden's asking, "When are we going to see the silly bird?" He calls Kamek the silly bird, you know. Right. And uh, they're constantly Kamek. going like, "Yeah, I know." Uh, you know, they're they're asking for Oshi, Oshi. I want to play Oshi. It's like, well, okay, well, you know, ask your mother. We'll we'll maybe play Oshi. We'll see, but. It's been a, uh, it's been a for time. Ashley. It's like wait, so both kids? You can handle both kids at the same time? Yeah, <laughs> sounds good, Ryan. I know. You know. Well, you know, we we can't play for longer than maybe fifteen or thirty minutes because Abby will eventually get up. But lately, yeah. they've both been really enjoying it, and it cool. is it is fun to to finally find a game uh, that they're both into. I had actually forgot that I pre-ordered it, so I'm glad that it when it showed up, I was like, oh, sweet. You know, so I'm I'm looking forward to playing more. It seems it's a uh, solid yeah. game for kids. That's that's a good uh, that's a good call. Um, I I will definitely look into at least the free demo and Gwen and I can give it a check. See, mm-hmm. uh, just one one last uh, video game mention. It just jumped to my mind before I wanted to roll into something else. I I wanted like um, I haven't really been using the Switch uh, in the way that I think Nintendo anticipated me. Too, like picking it up and, and bringing it around and, mm-hmm. and and I realized part of that was because I didn't have a, a game that was kind of well suited to that uh, on it like it was all they were all big games you know like uh, Mario Odyssey or Smash Brothers or whatever and so I bought um, I bought Into the Breach which I have on and I wanted a game that looked completely unappealing to Gwen, which this one really does. Oh yeah, um, she looks at it and is like, "That looks boring, Daddy." I'm like, "It is. Leave me alone." Um, <laughs> but 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 she uh, she it, but but uh, you know, it's also I get into this problem on the Switch where I've bought games on PC mm. and um, and I don't want to rebuy them on the Switch because I'm like. For the amount of time that I would be mobile, it's not like like Dead Cells is a good example. Yeah, um, and Dead Cells is I, full full price on the Switch, like yeah, like so bucks. And I've been really enjoying. I, I actually got have got back into that as well on the computer. So I was just like, yeah, forget it. Uh, I'm gonna buy something that I would normally buy on the computer, but instead of buying it there, I'll buy it on Switch. So I bought Into the Breach, and honestly, it's been perfect. It's like you can flip it on, flip it off, like do do a mission here, do a mission there. Um, it's a roguelike, so like you're constantly restarting and, and that. And it's uh, it's yeah, it's really enjoyable. I've just started playing, so I'll have more thoughts on it in, in the future. But like, I feel like it's a better. I'm getting better use of my switch. Now when Gwen is going to sleep and I'm sort of waiting in the other room, 
instead of just screwing around on my phone, I'm like, oh, I'll play into the breach, you know, and uh, do a do a match of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of uh, waiting for kids to go to sleep lately because all my kids last week were essential. Both my kids, rather, were super sick, and um, and you know, uh, Clara had just started daycare, and that's probably part of the thing, right? Like she's she comes back, brings all the germs. She got sick. She wasn't herself. It was kind of heartbreaking. But it really made me appreciate uh, like life logistics. And I know everybody who probably listens to this has kids. Some of you may not. And uh, I definitely um, was in your position where I'd be at work and people would be like, oh, my kid's sick. I've got a miss or my kid's sick or this and that. Or I've got like no daycare or, uh, you know, there's there's it's the summer and I I've got no one to take care of my kids. So I've got to take off extra i gotta take off extra time and i would be like i not i'm pretty easy going so i'm like yeah whatever you know like accommodating but i never really appreciated how actually difficult it is when Mm -hmm. two parents work in in particular to balance your goddamn life because um it's crazy like if your kids start being sick it's like who the hell takes care of them? The daycare provider won't do it anymore. She's like, "My, your kid's sick. You got to keep them home." I'm like, "Keep them home? I got to go to work." And then it's like, <laughs> "Well, I, I guess I got to stay home." And then you, then you tell your work. And so Jesse and I worked it out so that I would stay home one day, and then Jesse stayed home the next day, or vice versa. And then it's like, "Oh, guess what? There's a PD day at school on Friday." Really? What do I do with my kid? They're like. Uh, <laughs> Oh no, your kid goes home. He's got to stay home. I'm like, okay, but like, I go to work. What's going on? And uh, and then they're like, well, someone's got to take care of your kid. And I'm like, god damn it. So all right, so I'm missing missing work again. And then it's like, uh, oh hey, it's day camp registration. You've got a book. And I'm like, why would I book day camps for? It's like, well, what are you gonna do with your kid during the summer? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, don't they go to school? No, no, school's <laughs> over. I'm like, god damn it. So now Gwen is old enough. She's old enough to she's not going to be in daycare like Clara is. And we've got no care. And even Clara or the daycare provider takes a couple of weeks off. Right. So with that, we've worked out. That's always like, Oh, you take your vacation when the daycare provider takes her time off. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, it's like, what do you do for your kid? That's off for like three months. You know, like what do you do with that kid? And it's, you've got to, you've got to find shit for them to do. Uh, or else one of you has got to be home or you're paying for daycare. Right. Yeah, yes, or you're paying for daycare, but then it's like finding a daycare that's willing to take your kid temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, daycares are, you know, they age out like to a certain extent. So you, and, and Gwen is four, and four is a, a, an interesting age because, like, at six, seven, eight, it's like, yeah, okay, you send your kid to some day camps for the season, which incidentally costs mad bank. Um, but when your kid's four, like transitions are hard. Like doing different stuff is is tough. So we're like trying to figure it out. I, I'm luckily work for the the federal public service here in Canada, which has a lot of flexibility with work stuff. And I'm looking into, you know, taking extra time off during the summer, which I won't obviously get paid for. But at the at the same time, it will allow me to you know take care of Gwen one month and maybe not have her in in kindergarten uh, you know not have her in 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 some sort of care extra care uh for the rest but anyway uh, having sick kids for a week really was like a wake-up call for me for being like holy shit man it's like 
it's really it's really tough to balance. I'm going to be much. I thought I was understanding as a boss already to my employees, but I'm going to be even more so, like with regards to, you know, things that are out of their control because they can't literally do anything about it. Like no. their kids sick, they got to stay home. Someone's like, got to stay home, right? Like it's an interesting. It's something I've. You know, I'm completely understanding as well. Obviously, you know, even before I had kids, like, yeah, your kid's sick. Like, well, who's going to take care of them? You might not even have family in town. Like, you might not have that that luxury, right? Oh, that's the caveat. Sorry, Ryan. I should throw that in for me. I don't have much family support neither my wife or i do so like mm-hmm. that's a lot of people might say well oh, grandparents or whatever and they well, may be hearing this and, and thinking i'm like what's his problem doesn't he have family and the answer is no i don't <laughs> <laughs> well some, and the other thing too is you know some grandparents like they they don't want to get sick or they might be sick and they don't want to get your kids sicker so and i mean something I, I something i have taken for granted is when i was when I was a kid, my mom was home full time. She she uh, stopped teaching while we were while we were home, and then she went back part time once we were all in school. And now, like with my two kids, Ashley's home, you know, full time and works part time in hours where I'm able to be home to cover. So yeah, like it, it I almost, I almost haven't thought about it because when the kids are sick, like I go to work and and Ashley's home with the kids. Now, if it was really bad and Ashley was also sick, then yeah, I would probably be taking time off to be at home. But then you would have that time because you're, you know, like you would have that time banked because you're not normally having to use it, right? True, true. For for, for us, we're at the beginning of the, the, the uh, fiscal year, which means that's where you get all your leave and all that at mm-hmm. work. And, and so as we start using it the very first week of April, I'm like, oh God, you know, we're never going to make it to next April. <laughs> yeah. We're screwed. Yeah. So it, it's it, interesting. Anyway, it's just I would be I would be curious, uh, listeners. I would be curious to hear your situations. If you have some sort of cool tricks for balancing this stuff, or just like, is there some sort of magic thing that I'm not thinking of here in terms of like balancing kids with work and like, especially when you got two working parents. I I would love to know. Let me know what your experiences are. I'll make Ryan listen to them too. Yeah, that sounds uh, great. Yeah, so uh, so that's good. Ryan, do we have any listener feedback this week? We don't. This is the first week in a while. We haven't got some tweets. Uh, like, folks, write in, tweet us, like the call to action that, that Crofton just gave you. I wouldn't normally recommend it, but you should listen to Crofton and write in. <laughs> that's right. Even Ryan's telling you to write in and listen to Crofton. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, so you can do that. You can email the show. It's dad at tgistudios.com, D-A-D at tgistudios.com. Um, you could just reach out to us uh, on Twitter as well. Ryan and I are both on there. He's at R. Murphy, and I'm at Croft and Steers. Um, you can send us any sort of questions, comments uh, about the show, uh, stuff that you're going through, rank the Zeldas. Sure. Uh, you can... Uh, in- Tell us how you balance your lives. We would love we would love to hear it. Uh, and you can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. You can find all the old episodes uh, that are on, um, on there. As Clara hits one year old, I reflect on the fact that when we did the first episode of this podcast, she was not yet born. Mm-hmm. So um, we're at the we're at that point where we can start saying, hey, listen to our old archive. Uh, Ryan, before I sign off. Any last words? 
well, stick around if you've watched Umbrella Academy, because we're going to quickly talk about some spoilers. So if you have not watched Umbrella Academy, I'm going to do this tag sign-off line here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you should stick around after that, and we will talk spoilers. But if you have... Wait, I'm getting mixed up. Bottom line is, if you don't want to get spoiled, <laughs> when I say this next line, you should turn off the show. And I know you're like, oh, you know what? Maybe I won't watch the show. But I want to hear Crofton and Ryan's super awesome conversation. You can do that. It's cool. That's fine. You can stick around for that. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Do, 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 do. Right. So I don't, have a, I don't have a ton of time. But, like, quickly, um, the show... So Umbrella Academy, like overall, was a great show. And the setup of the mysteries in that show from the very beginning right through to the very end, they kind of like pace, they space it out enough where you're where you're constantly wanting to watch the next episode to get more of that world building. And they don't even answer some of some of the conundrums that they lay down. Like, you know, uh, Ben, the one of the brothers that that died, but still sticks around through Klaus Right. You know, they don't answer how he died. You just know that he died and everyone kind of has moved on from it. And they don't really blame anyone that he just died, you know. I infer that he took his own life, but I could be wrong on that. That would make sense with the the way the show sort of portrays characters. And it would actually make sense with everybody's sort of thoughts and feelings towards him. Yeah, and the the fact that, like, you know, like he has these grotesques or these creatures inside of him Mm -hmm. or whatever that are – they definitely were confident they were getting another season. Uh, Obviously, it's comic book stuff so that they knew they had more content. So that continued. How did you feel about the last episode um, and how it all – how it ended? Well, see, the thing is I like the slow build with – Ellen Page's character in that in, Anya, yeah. and that's that's what I was you know referencing with the graphic novel is that she is the bad guy by uh, issue two you know uh, oh really yeah so in the show they slowly build to her having powers and I really did and I feel like if I had read the graphic novel I would know I would be able to infer everything that would happen and of course everything that would happen in, in the Netflix series but they do it in such a different order and they build it up so well that I, I honestly thought she had no powers but like the fact. Oh that really? She, yeah, I, I didn't oh, realize yeah. that. You know. Oh no, I I I sort of felt, and, and there's a scene early on where he's monitoring them sleeping, and he and there's like he's monitoring her, and uh, and, and there's like the, you know, the lines and st- uh, stuff that were. Uh, anyway, I I just I was like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure, she's got powers. Yeah. Uh, but but at this at the same time, I I didn't know that that you know would necessarily lead her to becoming. Uh, a villain. What I did find was that the guy, the boyfriend, the, mm. the um, there's something up about him, like right from yeah, the beginning, right? Yeah, right off. You know, like as a viewer, you're like, this guy's weird. Something's going on. This guy's kind of creepy, and he never had me like, like he had her um, convinced. Like as a viewer, I was never sold on on him as like a, a you know a good guy or whatever. It, he seemed to. Um, not good to be true, but like too pushy overall. Like yeah. even from the beginning, uh, I thought. Yeah, he he was definitely too pushy, and I'm glad like he got his 
sort of in the end. I really enjoyed sort of the time travel mechanics and the agency. Uh, Cha-Cha and Hazel, I really liked both of them. It was interesting that they turned one of those guys... I can't remember which is which. Is it Hazel that is married to Jay Blige? Or is it Cha-Cha? No, that's Cha-Cha. So they turned Cha-Cha into, the, into a, you know, a villain... And in wrestling, we say that's turning heel. Turning heel, okay. And then she turned heel. Yeah, she turned heel. And then Hazel's the good guy, and I and I and I bought that. I, I felt like it was really it was a really cool I, transition. I would argue actually that Hazel turned babyface. Uh, Is that another she, wrestling term? Yeah, babyfaces okay, are the, the good guys, and so uh, they were both villains. And uh, then he became a kind of a good guy later on, right? Yeah, for sure. And I just, I loved Klaus. I loved everything, every scene he was in. I love when they, you know, they can, I shouldn't say I love when they kidnap and torture him, but those scenes where he's like interacting with them was very good. Reminded me of like some of my favorite episodes of Misfits. But, you know, you mentioned the ending, the way it ends, you're just so frustrated with Luther being blinded, has these blinders on for, you know, his adopted sister. It's, probably best not to get into that but like he's like really into her so much that he is willing to sacrifice his other sister so it's kind of weird that he feels as though he has to kill his sister in order to be with his sister you know and it's it is just it was really weird and creepy and i hope they kind of you know talk about that in the second season because he he kind of caused it all in a way like maybe it would have happened no matter what oh yeah but yeah, he was no, I, the he did throw the flame at the at the pile of gasoline uh, yeah like because it felt like you know it felt like she was state salvageable like she was coming back mm-hmm. she was you know wanting to like she had this power and instead of instead of like trying to to figure it out with her he's like i'm gonna i'm just gonna off her you know like yeah. and yeah, it, I, I I had problems with that. I had problems with the very end um, where sh- she's doing the concert and then essentially like blows a hole in the moon or whatever. Uh, um, I just like it was very comic booky. I get it, but like there was no resolution and it seemed very confident on there being a next season. Oh, if there wasn't a second season, we would be – that would be bad, you know. No, it would be bad, but it's like it's like they don't – uh, now Netflix, you know, maybe more than others, but I just I find that frustrating for a, as a viewer. And you know what? What it did remind me of, and I hope that that, uh, and this is this is why it's like, uh, you know, I talk about the abundance of riches. There was I'm not sure if you watched this, but there was a show Heroes mm-hmm. on NBC, I did and watch it was that. like a, a superhero show, and it was so novel at the time because nobody went this geeky and it was before the big superhero boom and all that sort of stuff it was it was kind of interesting that they had the show and they had a great first season with these long sort of drawn out mysteries and i would say that the um the umbrella uh the umbrella academy's first season was similar in how it had all these mysteries and it judiciously kind of shared them but then heroes kind of like blew up after season one. Like things just started falling apart. Season two, season three, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It actually had very similar like kind of things. Like 
in Heroes, they had this episode called Company Man, which was like there was this company and this man with the horn ribbed glasses who was the father of one of them. Anyway, he was like you never really knew what his job was and what 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 his role was. It was all played very secretively, and then it was all revealed in this episode. And the same with the um, with the is it number eleven? Who's the kid who uh, tra- time travels? Uh, five. Number five. Five. Sorry, number five. And I think they maybe the numbers may be based on their power levels. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But anyway, number five. Um, or, or their their importance to the. To I think man. yeah, it was weird. Like it, the numbers didn't really correlate, except for the fact that like Luther was the leader, so he was number one, and Diego number was number one, two. and Diego was number two. And like they it just did red odds. Uh, but uh but yeah like the um you know when he goes into you know uh when number f- uh, 5 goes time traveling and he and he meets like the lady in the, in the office where they mm-hmm. do all these t- missions it it was all it's very weird but it was all a little too cutesy cute almost and yeah, uh but it reminded mean, yeah. me a lot of heroes yeah it was it was pretty it was pretty cutesy um but i mean you know i i I don't have a lot more, much more to say, but I think at the, at, with the end and the way it wraps up, I mean, Vanya does cause the end of the world, but it's almost like they all did. And the father, you know, uh, the big revelation is the father kills himself to bring his, his kids back together. And he was always a hard ass. He was always a, I would probably, you know, qualify him as a, as a bad dude, but he still cared about, about these kids to a, to a certain degree, but almost to the point where he, he knew he was so hard on them that the only way he was going to get them back is if, is if he died and he died by, by basically killing himself. And that was the big mystery from the very beginning is that he knew he could bring them all back if he had died. And I loved the scene where he, he, you know, gets angry at Klaus for like, you can summon the dead and it took you this long you know, and they have a great scene where he's like shaving him. I thought that was really good. But man, Klaus going back in time. Sorry, one more. Klaus going back in time to Vietnam and that quick thing. And you know, instantly when he flashes back into yeah. the world, you see what he's wearing and you're instantly thinking like, oh, well, he went to Vietnam, you know? Yeah, no, I thought that was I thought that was a really neat. It that that's why it was so tonally all over the place. Yeah. Some of that Vietnamese, uh, Vietnam segments. Uh, and those flashbacks and all that. Yep. And it's funny because, like, his lover in Vietnam, Steve or whatever, Dan, you never, or, no, it wasn't Dan. He never gets, I don't think he even gets a line. Like, you just see, it's through montages and music and all that that you get to, you're like, okay, okay, but like, you never get to know him as a character. He's nothing really, except that. It's but you for, feel it's it for, through Klaus, like, that they yes, were very, it, very close. Yes, exactly. But that's what that was, I thought that was almost clever because um, mm. we didn't need to know it wasn't necess- it wasn't involved in the plot. But that's what I I found was so weird about the show is that like at one point like there's like just kooky craziness and and you know like everything with number five um, you know and he's going time traveling and he's talking mm-hmm. to the mannequin head and he's like fighting Hazel and Cha Cha and then on the other hand you have these like kind of like you know Anya's whole like on antidepressants her whole life type situation um, mm-hmm. there was there was tonal shifts significant tonal shifts um, and I agree with you that there's like not a, a whole lot to 
left to say about the show, but I do find it funny. We did two postmortems uh, on Dungeons and Diapers about two movies, both of which were much less long than this and had technically much less to impact, but yet we have less to say about this. And I think that in a way that sort of uh, is is my a little bit my beef. I enjoyed it, but I have a sizable amount of issues. Will I watch season two? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I think, it, you know, this is... I think there's less to unpack because like there are these moments that you can discuss and there are maybe like five or six that are like come top of mind. But there, but as you've already seen with this conversation, there are little ones that, oh, well then also this and this and this. And I can think of a couple others like, you know, the, the use of music for fight scenes was yep. really good and creative. And you're right, attributed to that weird tonal shift from, you know, these guys are clearly having a gunfight and someone could die. Uh, but but there's this kooky music in the background, and it's it's a great series. And honestly, if you're at all into comic book type stuff, and you you have listened to this and you haven't seen it yet, it can still be enjoyed. Spoiled, but I think that not knowing where it's going, even if you have like if you haven't read the graphic novel and you haven't watched the show, um, definitely check out the show first. Like uh, the graphic novel looks interesting, but the art style really isn't doing it for me. So I'm probably going to stick with the show, but yeah, it's what, a really good what show. Did you think of, what did you think about the episode that essentially, like, and this is, I think, people have differing opinions on this episode. The episode that is, is I think it's called The Day That Never Happened. And it essentially is a giant, it's, it, it's a whole episode where there's like even a lot of happy endings and different sort of things. Oh, yeah. And then it. Then it's revealed at like, I think, number five time travels or something. And, uh, to the opening of that episode and then mm-hmm. essentially because he was there it changed the course so the next episode is like an alternate take on that same day yeah what wh- some people were really pissed that they because well, it gives the- luther and and uh what's her <coughs> beak uh, a happy ending right they kind of realize that they love each other oh and- yeah and I'm, they're adopted they're adopted they're not related you know by blood i guess but like uh, you know it's a it's a sheltered life, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. No, I think it, it was. Uh, I think people were more frustrated because they felt like, well, like why did I just watch that episode? It served no purpose because as soon as it ended, well, you erased it. It showed. And I would, it showed like uh, it showed the progress of these characters, right? Like it, it, I in, agree in a certain direction, and then obviously number five comes back, and and it shows it shows a different progression but really where the show kind of twisted for me in like oh they mean business was when vanya you know slit the throat of of her sister oh, right. that was a that was a big moment you know they unveil that and again like we talk about there not being a lot to say but there is a ton to say uh but yeah i just there's all these little moments every it, it does the netflix thing where every episode ends with a sort of yeah, a, yeah. A cliffhanger or i gotta oh, start oh, was- the next one you know? Oh, just complete aside, Ryan. This right. is really you know how Netflix ends and it's like next episode, and they give you like I don't know eight seconds. They give to you eight seconds. Like, it's hard to find the remote in that time, you know. Yeah. Okay. Amazon four seconds. Ooh. Okay. It's so annoying. And the other thing that's so frustrating about it is that they often have really good music over the credits, like in in Hannah. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, this is a cool song. And then it's like, oh, four, three, two. I'm like, oh, shit, you know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going for the remote. And in the end, I'll just power down the TV. 
uh, is what happens. I'm like, uh, turn off, you know, because mm. it's just other. Otherwise, it's going to go right into it. It makes the Netflix time seem like an eternity. Yeah. Uh, so but I no, hate those. It's it, yeah. It's and four seconds does seem kind of short, but I I really uh, hope we get to do more spoiler cast for shows and maybe i'll watch a little bit of hannah and we can we can talk about that one as well but i do like the sort of post ending spoilers it's uh i think it's a great way of doing it good suggestion well no problem there ryan and thank you to those who listen to this part uh and uh we may do spoiler cast in the future so this is final sign off thank you everyone for listening thank you ryan for participating your left to your right follow the signs no pushing please thank you and good night Thank you.